James Earl Ray was soon captured by the federal government and was locked up for a short time in preparation for his inevitable, yet strangely controversial trial. James Earl Ray had come up with several testimonies and stories to tackle on his crime and at least make an effort to receive a non-guilty verdict. One of these efforts that he would try is an alibi. An alibi is typically a claim or sufficient evidence that there was another person or witness that was present during the time and scene of the crime. So James decided to give this excuse a shot. He asserted his alibi defense. He created the story of the great Raoul, and at first glance at the time, it seemed like a probable theory. James had insisted to his lawyers that he was not at the rooming house at the moment that Dr. King Jr. was murdered. Instead, he claimed that at 6pm on April 4th, 1968, he was sitting in his parked Mustang in front of 422.5 South Main Street. There, he had heard a gunshot, and Raoul ran into the back of his car, threw a white sheet over himself, and then threatened James to drive away. James decided to do as he was told in order to save his own life. It never did come up because of the lack of witnesses. This alibi never worked. Thus, James had to change his alibi on the spot of a stressful cross-examination testimony in court. This also didn't go well. After all, out of all the collected evidence from the FBI, all DNA and purchase records came back under James's name. Nonetheless, James had given up his innocence after days of trial and confessed to the murder. On March 10th, 1968, he pleaded guilty and received a 100-year sentence total for his crime. After all, we should be after all, everything should be said and done, but conspiracies followed. Coretta Scott King, King Jr.'s wife, had speculated that the FBI may have been involved with the murder of her husband. She claimed, quote, There is an abundant evidence of a major high-level conspiracy in the assassination of my husband, Martin Luther King Jr., end quote. This was a result of events that were in effect due to how the FBI treated her family after the assassination. Something shocking that John McMillian, a history professor at Georgia State University had found out was that during the 1950s and 60s, the FBI had stalked King Jr. throughout his campaigns. He claims that they wiretapped his phones, monitored his movements, took advantages of emotional struggle, and the FBI also sent him a tape, blackmailed him, and said that if he didn't kill himself, he would be publicly exposed for having an affair. The mention of the monitoring his movements may could be tied to the fact of how James Earl Ray could have figured out where King Jr.'s next location would be. It is plausible that the FBI relayed this information to Ray to take him down. However, even after all these years, it has not been confirmed. McMillian says it himself. They might not have been involved in the murder, but I wish people knew the really shameful things that they did." End quote. There is also speculation that another gunman was involved in this assassination, but with concluding evidence, this was debunked. This goes to show that King Jr.'s assassination, which should have been set in clear case, had been followed up with a very concerning theories and conspiracies, which goes to show about America's beliefs on conspiracy theories.